Hello, real life family and friends. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and your family. I hope that yesterday you had a great day of celebrating the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and the turning point of our human history uh, where we begin to see the revelation of God's love for us. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this Christmas message. And uh, I love you and I'm just so proud of you and your faith in Christ because he is the reason for the season. And I want to wrap up this message, uh, this series today that we've been looking at about God so loved. For God so loved. You are so loved by God. That's what Christmas is all about. It's the beginning revelation of God's love for us when Jesus came to us and what he did at the cross at the end of his life to redeem us completely. And so Merry Christmas to you. I hope that you're blessed by this message today. And I want to do a quick review uh, of the previous weeks before I get into today's message. So we're talking about love. God so loved. God so loves you. And the word in Hebrew for love is ahava. And in the middle of that word is the word to give, have, to give. And so love is giving, and then I've kind of defined it as love is really um, the action of giving oneself away. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what God has done for us, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life in him and through him. So God so loves us. And so love is action. And the action that love is, is the giving away of one's life. So we are called to love like God has loved us. We are called to give our life away to one another. Energy, comfort, prayer, resources, uh, gifts, acts of service, compassion, uh, love. We are to love one another with our lives, not just in words, but in action and in deed, right? And so as we try to, you know, obey that command of loving one another as he loves us, it's impossible until we first have received the love of God. So this whole series has been about you and me just relishing in and, and receiving a fresh infilling of the love of God, that we know the love of God, that we experience his love for us. And so the first week I talked about the, uh, the action that God showed us in his love is that he came, right? He came into our darkness, into our misery, into our rebellion, into our brokenness, into our death. And he came as the light of the world to redeem us and to shine upon us and to put us on the path of life. And so Jesus comes to us. He still comes to us today. There isn't a mess, there isn't a problem, there isn't a mistake that God doesn't want to come into your life to bring light, truth, freedom, and healing. And so welcome him, put a welcome ad on your heart for God and let Jesus come into your heart right now today. The second week we talked about how he redeemed us. God so loved that he redeemed. He brought us out of the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom of light. He brought us from death into eternal life through faith in Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the debt of death that redeemed us from our payment of death because of our sin. And because of that redemption, we now have life eternal through 
him. God so loved us, he came. God so loved us, he redeemed. And last week I talked about how God so loved us, he forgave us. This is just a small sample of our sins and the iniquities and the, the mistakes that we've made. And Jesus paid for every one of our sins. And the Bible says that they were nailed to the cross because Jesus bore our sin upon himself. He literally took our sin upon himself and he was nailed to the cross with our sin. And we are forgiven and there's nothing more we could do at all. Nothing more we could do to be any more forgiven or any more righteous in God than what Jesus has already done for us. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are free from shame and guilt and condemnation. Hallelujah! You are free. You are free. God has forgiven you if you've placed your faith in Jesus. Isn't that good news? And today I want to wrap this series up by saying that God so loved you that today we're going to talk about He has healed us. He has restored us. My point today is simply this, that the cross represents the blood of Jesus being shed for you and for me. It wasn't just about our sins being forgiven, but also us being healed from the effects of the sin that we have done and the sin that has been done to us. When we are sinned against, we get hurt. We experience pain. Some of us have experienced rejection. Some of us have experienced abuse. Some of us have experienced great heartache and grief and sorrows. We have experienced sickness and disease and hardships. Some of us have experienced poverty and a lack of things. And all of those things are consequences of a fallen, broken world of a world infested with sin and the, and the effects of sin upon us, done to us, and the effects that our sin have created as well. And Jesus doesn't just forgive us, he restores us, he heals us. That's good news. Today I want to remind you of what salvation really means. Matthew 1, 21 says, She will give birth to a son. This is a great Christmas verse. And you are to give him the name Jesus. So the angel Gabriel is talking to uh, Joseph, who was engaged to be married to Mary. And the angel says, this is what's going to happen. Mary's going to give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus, Yeshua, because, listen to this, he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people from their sins. What does that mean? What do you mean saved? Saved from their sins. So I want to look at the word salvation with you. I've taught this a couple years ago. And in Greek, the word for salvation is sozo, S-O-Z-O, and the various forms of that word in Greek. It comes from the root word sozo, salvation. But it has three meanings. And most people, when they think about salvation, they think about what I talked about last week, the forgiveness of sins. I need to confess my sins to Jesus uh, so he will forgive me and I will be saved. And that is absolutely true. But I want to share with you that's only one third of the meaning of the word salvation. And if that's all you know that Jesus has done for you at the cross, you're missing the lion's share of what he really accomplished for you. Because there's two thirds of other meanings to what Jesus did for us when it says he will save his people from their sins. Number one, 
that means forgiveness, okay? And that is found, I'll give you an example, uh, of uh, Luke chapter 7, verses 48 to 50, of a, a woman who is called in the Bible a sinful woman who comes to Jesus with an alabaster uh, jar of perfume. And she's wetting uh, Jesus' feet uh, with this perfume. And, and it's a sign of humility and a seeking of forgiveness. And she's in tears. And uh, she's basically repenting before Jesus. And this is what Jesus says. He said to her, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Who can do this? And Jesus said to the woman, listen to this, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This word that Jesus used, your faith has saved you, is sozo. Your faith has saved you. And it's in the context of Jesus telling her, your sins are forgiven. So sozo, salvation, means to have our sins forgiven, as this woman experienced. And it changed her life. My spirit... When I place my faith in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins, my spirit is born again. And I am restored in relationship with God through the forgiveness of sins. So my spirit, now if you think of your person, who you are as a person, you are a spirit. Um, you uh, have a soul and your soul is your mind, your will, uh, and your emotions, your heart. And you live in a physical body. So I mean, it's, we're not exactly three parts, but I'm trying to break it down so that you see how much God loves you and how he has provided for every part of who you are as a being. You are a spirit. And when you receive Jesus uh, and you ask him to be, you know, you place your faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior, your spirit's born again. Your spirit is healed. It's restored. It's born again. Right. And you have a soul and that soul needs some redemption. It needs some healing. It needs some wholeness. Your mind needs to have some thoughts changed. Uh, your heart needs to be healed of some hurts and wounds. Your will needs to be pliable to God, right? And you have a body and that body has experienced sickness and brokenness and disease. Jesus wants to heal your body as well. So these are three different facets of who we are. So when we are forgiven of our sin, our spirit is born again. So the second meaning of, of salvation is deliverance from evil, or as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, redemption, redemption. Okay, and it comes from this story of the demoniac, a man filled with a legion of demons, living in the tombs, cutting himself. Uh, he was uncontrollable. And it says that Jesus came to that area and went to Jesus, ran to Jesus. And this is what it says. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet. He was dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Can you believe that? They're afraid because this guy is actually in his right mind. <laughs> I mean, before he was a maniac. He was demon-possessed. He was howling and cutting himself and, and had supernatural strength. And, but now they're afraid because he's sitting there calmly dressed and in his right mind because they knew something crazy happened. They knew some power of God just showed up because this didn't make any sense to them. And it says this, Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Now, the word cured here in the English language is the same word that was used in the previous story for saved. It is sozo. 
And this is in connection to being cured or delivered from evil spirits. Okay? So there is salvation for us is not just forgiveness of sins, but the deliverance from evil over our lives. Deliverance from evil. There is no curse. There's no spirit, no evil spirit, uh, no pain that God can't set you free from. He can deliver you from evil. And that is part of the salvation package for each and every one of us in Jesus. Amen? And so the third, and that salvation there, uh, when, we, when we receive the forgiveness of sins, it, you know, our spirit is born again. But when we receive deliverance, our soul is being healed. We are being delivered. Our mind is being delivered of some wrong thinking. Our soul can be delivered of some strong emotion, some bondage from the enemy. And God is come to restore and heal our soul just as much he is our spirit. And then there is our bodies, our bodies. And this is my third example, that salvation is also not just for our spirit, not just for our soul, but our salvation is also for our body, for our body. And I want to use the story of the woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years in her life. She went to all the doctors. Nobody could heal her. And this is found in Luke chapter 8, verses 47 to 48. She fought through the crowd. She said to herself, if I can just touch the garment of Jesus, I know I will be healed because the prophet of Malachi said that when the Messiah comes, there'd be healing in his tallit, in the corner of his garment. So if I can just touch him, I know I'll be healed. Her faith was in Jesus as a physical healer that would heal her condition. So this is what happened. It says, then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed after she touched Jesus and was healed, Jesus turned around and said, who did that? So she's this is the, the story picking up here. Seeing that she could not go unnoticed, she came trembling and fell at the feet of Jesus. And in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then Jesus said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. The word healed is sozo. So sozo is used in three different ways just in these examples, it's used to deliver from evil, it's used for the forgiveness of sins, and it's used to heal a sickness or a disease that this woman had. So sozo, and my summary here is that salvation is an all-inclusive work of Jesus at the cross for your spirit, for your soul, and for your body. God loves you so much, there isn't one sliver of who you are that Jesus hasn't reached out to heal and make whole. Now our bodies, even though we have sicknesses and diseases, I believe in healing. I, we've seen so many miracles here at Real Life. I've seen so many miracles throughout my life and have experienced some myself. I know that God heals us today, but ultimately we will be given new bodies, perfect heavenly bodies, fit for eternity, and that will be our ultimate healing at the resurrection physical ultimate healing. We have already experienced the ultimate spiritual healing. Our spirits are born again and are alive and are without sin. But there's a process going on right now for our souls. It's a process that takes the rest of our lives. Though we are getting better, though we are becoming more and more like Jesus, it's a lifelong journey of being conformed, transformed, 
back into the image of Jesus. So whatever darkness is in our soul, whatever hurt or pain is upon us, Jesus wants to heal. And that healing begins when we begin to see what he has done for us at the cross. That's why I'm sharing this with you today. He so loves you. He's healed you. He has healed you at the cross. Not just physically, emotionally, right? In your soul. He's healed you in ways that we haven't even experienced yet, but we are going to as we press into all that God has done for us. We continually need to lean into God's working on our hearts to restore us and to make us whole. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And so while our righteousness with God cannot be improved on at all, our uh, practical righteousness, the way that we are living and tapping into the truths of, of Scripture, that's a continual unfolding process for us to become more and more like Jesus. So we're right before God, we're perfect before God in terms of righteousness. But we are still being made holy because we still have hiccups. We still have baggage from the past that God wants to heal and bring to the light that's been dark. So Philippians 2, 12 to 13 says, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So this process of salvation is not a one-time prayer where we thank God for forgiving us for our sins. But the process of salvation, while this does create a born-again experience, and this does write our name in the Lamb's Book of Heaven, and this does secure our eternal life through Jesus Christ, there's no question about it. But salvation in the Scriptures is also pursuing healing for our hearts, healing for our bodies, right? And that is a process, the Bible says, continue to work that out. Work out of you the hurt, the pain, the brokenness, the chains from the past. And work into you the image of God, the image of Jesus Christ. You are now a new creation in Jesus. He so loves you that God is intent to pull out of you all of the hurdles, all the hindrances, all the bondages, all the brokenness, all the darkness, and put into you his love, his peace, his truth, his light, his life. There is an exchange going on right now from death to life. Lean into the work that God is doing to heal every bit of who you are. And that's what I want to remind you of today. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Prince of Peace, the Prince of Shalom, is trying to work into you healing so that you lack nothing and nothing is broken in you, in your soul. The psalmist goes on to say, David says, he restores my soul. God can restore your soul. He can restore your right mind. He can restore your will and he can restore your heart. And that's what God does. And so part of our salvation is a process of experiencing that healing in the innermost parts of who we are to be free from the effects of the sin done against us, the word curses spoken against us, the actions of our own self, the actions done against us that have caused us hurt and harm, rejection, depression, and all sorts of things. Jesus wants to heal you. He has healed you. 
because he so loves you. And Proverbs uh, 4.23 reminds us that from the heart flows the wellspring of life. And Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. He's telling us that all the stuff deep on the inside is, is really what's affecting our outside. And so when we see the outside actions of sin and, and behaviors and hurt and rejection and pain, that's really just coming from something on the inside that we're hurting from, that we have pain from that we have unresolved issues from. And Jesus wants to take that away from you and heal you so that the outside begins to line up with who he says you really are on the inside. And so ego, I want to read for you this, this verse, Galatians 2.20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. The, the Greek word for I is ego. So he's saying ego has been crucified with Christ. I, I, myself Self-identity, my ego. And ego, my self-identity, no longer lives. But Christ lives in me now. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And that's what God wants to do in you. He wants your ego to die. He wants your ego to be crucified. He wants your self-centeredness and your self-sufficiency uh, uh, to Go to the cross and die so that Christ can live inside of you. And here's the thing about ego. Ego is all about our self-identity. Ego causes us to have insecurities, fears, opinions, pride, independence, self-sufficiency, stubbornness, jealousy, envy. It's all coming from ego, from our self-identity. And the ego is never satisfied. It always wants more. It always wants better. But it is also the breeding ground for our deepest pain. Our ego causes us to be uh, offended by others or to experience disappointment or can't handle our own failures. The same ego in others is what has caused us pain and hurt because the selfishness and pride and hurt and failures in others is where abuse and jealousy and hatred and evil come from. That's where sin comes from. The sin that has been done against you has come from someone's ego, from someone else's pain, from someone else's opinion, from someone else's selfishness, from someone else's problems, okay? An ego infected with sin is depraved, it's skewed, it's twisted, and it will do anything to find satisfaction. And so ego seeks power, it seeks money, it seeks fame, it seeks pleasure, and it will do that at anyone's expense. That's ego. Paul says, ego has been crucified in me. It is no longer ego who lives, it is no longer I who live, but Christ now lives in me. I'm free. I'm free from that. And this entire system of sin and selfishness and ego that leads to evil and brokenness and abuse is what Jesus came to defeat by taking it all upon himself and killing it at the cross. So that you have the choice to be free, to be healed, to be forgiven, to be redeemed, and to be saved by trusting in Jesus as Lord and Savior. John the Baptist said in John 1.29, Look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He didn't just take away our sin in terms of forgiving it, but he can take away the effects of our sin that has been done to us 
And I give God all the thanks for that. Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 6, and verse 12. This is what it says. Listen to this. Surely he took up our infirmities, which is our sicknesses and our diseases. And he carried our sorrows and our griefs. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. People who saw Jesus thought that he did something wrong because he was taking on our sicknesses, our diseases, our griefs, our sorrows, all the effects of our sin. And it was affecting his countenance. It was affecting his body. And the weight of all of our hurt and our pain and rejection was on him. But it wasn't because he did something wrong, but because he was taking it away from us, from us. This is the good news of Christmas. And it goes on to say, he was pierced for our transgressions, for our rebellion. He was crushed for our iniquities. He, like is the bentness of sin in our lives. He bore the penalty of all of that. It says that the punishment that brought us peace, shalom, was upon him. By his wounds, what he did for us at the cross, we are healed. So Jesus hasn't just forgiven us of our sins, but he has healed us from the effects of sin on our life. And that is the powerful message of the cross, is that his blood wasn't just shed just to forgive us, but to restore us and to heal us and to make us whole. It goes on to say, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for transgressors. It's kind of like this. Jesus takes our sickness and takes that away from us. He bore it upon himself and instead he gives us health. He gives us health and healing for us. He took upon himself our griefs and our, and our pains that we've experienced in life. And instead of living with that any longer, now we have his peace, his shalom. He takes our sorrows and the things that have caused us sadness. He bore that on the cross and he gives us joy so we can live with joy. He takes our bondage, the iniquities, the bentness, the uh, generational curses uh, that we were born into. Some of us didn't do anything to deserve them, but we just, we were, we just, you know, we just came into this world with these things that are given to us, passed on to us, the chains of our ancestors. But Jesus has a way to bear that, to take that from us and give us freedom so we can be free. He takes our poverty and uh, our lack and uh, the Bible says that he uh, was rich, but he became poor for us so we could be rich in him. And you can prosper in life through what Jesus has done for you. You don't have to live any longer with any lack in your life because of what Jesus did at the cross. The Bible says that he bore our burdens, the heaviness of life, and all of the pressures, all the striving just to make ends meet, all of that. And Jesus wants you to experience his rest, that he is the one who provides for all of our needs. And finally, overall, he bore our sin. He took all of that from us and he gives us his righteousness. We are right with God. And that's the good news of the cross, that the cross isn't, and I'm wearing all these effects of sin, right? Some of the sin I did myself, 
Some of the sin was done to me, but all of the effects of sin and all of my sin both have been paid for. My sin has been taken away and the effects of my sin has been healed through Jesus' name. Can I get an amen from somebody? Amen. So Colossians 2.14 says, Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, He, Jesus, has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. So everything that Jesus did for us, not just for our sins, but for the effects of our sin, Jesus bore at the same time and went to the cross to heal us and set us free once and for all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We have experienced a great exchange. Jesus has exchanged with us who he is, his standing with God, his perfect health, his prosperity, um, his righteousness, his freedom, his peace, his joy. He has given those to us as he has taken away from us all of our hurt, pain, sorrows, griefs, sicknesses, bondage, and all of that stuff. This is how much he loves you. And so I want to finish with this scripture verse. It's a memory verse for you to consider memorizing. 1 John 4, 9 to 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. That we might live through him. That we might live through his identity, not through our old identity. We come alive when we receive this new identity in Jesus. And we allow this exchange to take place. We exchange our depression. We exchange our sickness. We exchange our poverty for who Jesus says that we are because of him. So we live through him. Jesus is our new ego. He is our new identity. We put that old stuff aside and we welcome this identity in him. It says here in 1 John 4.10, This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a, an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love. What Jesus has done here, this is love. You are so loved. There isn't any part that God has left out that he wants to heal and restore and redeem in your life. Merry Christmas to you. That's why it's a Merry Christmas. Because God loves you and he's for you. Today, I want to invite you to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What a great day to do this on, the day after we celebrated the birth of Jesus. And if this makes more sense to you, the relationship that Jesus wants to have with you, this has nothing to do with what you need to do to get saved. It's everything to do with what Jesus has done for you to be saved, to be forgiven, to be delivered, and to be healed, right? That's what salvation is. And so if you want to respond to the love that God has for you, I urge you to place your faith in Jesus today, right now, with me. Pray this prayer with me and give your heart to him and let him save you, forgive you, deliver you, and begin the process of healing and making you whole. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you love me, 
and you lived a perfect life and you laid your life down for my sins, not just to forgive me, but to heal me and deliver me. And today I place my faith in you, Jesus, as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. Thank you for delivering me now from evil and from the chains of bondage. And thank you that you are here to heal me of all my hurts, wounds, griefs, and, and sorrows. And I turn my life over to you. I'm all yours. Thank you for your love. Fill me with your spirit so I can learn how and have the power to live this new life in you. I want to live through you, Jesus, not through my old self, but through you. Help me, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray and I trust. Amen. Amen. Well, that's a Merry Christmas, and I pray that you have a great couple of days this week celebrating with your family, but growing in your walk with God. Get a Bible. If you don't have one, let us know. We'll get one to you. As soon as you can come physically to our church, we'd love to have you here, but keep tuning in so you can grow your faith and become who God made you to be. I'm so proud of you, and I want to pray God's blessing on you uh, before I go. So now may you just receive the blessing of the Lord. Uh, and, and here it goes, okay? And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom, give you peace in his name. I love you. Merry Christmas to you and your family. And may the love of God be so strong in you that you begin to pour that same love out to others. You can be the hands and feet of Jesus. You can also be the way that others are experiencing healing of their souls and, and redemption of their souls and forgiveness of their sins because Jesus is in you, the message is in you, his love is in you. So let that love flow freely as you have freely received, so freely give in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.